How about another big round of applause for our band, the Mentally Stable Clown Posse. Let's hear it for them. Anybody? I like that one. I thought of that last night as I was falling to bed, and I laughed out loud. Mentally Stable Clown Posse. Yes, thank you to our band, and thank you all for being with us today. We're in part three of a four-part message series that we are calling Live Better. We're calling this Live Better. And that's the goal of this series, and we believe this whole series is based on this premise. We believe that God, our Father, the God that we serve and worship here at Hope Community Church, He actually desires us to live with contentment. He wants that for us. He does not want us to live in fear. He does not want us to live with stress and worry and anxiety and all these things or rage or any of that. He wants us to experience contentment in life. We believe this. And guess what? Contentment is something that we all desire as well. We want that. Now, the thing is, for so many of us human beings, we pursue that contentment by surrounding ourselves with comforts, with comforts and luxuries. If my house is just this nice enough, and if I have some nice fall decorations, and if I have my pumpkin spice latte, and if I have my nice boots to wear, my nice stuff, if I can just surround myself with comforts, if I can surround myself with enough stuff to make me comfortable, then I'll be content. But time after time after time, we've learned this lesson that these things, these comforts, we can lose them. They're not stable. And so that's no way to find contentment. Contentment is found in relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul tells us this. He finds this secret to contentment. And Paul's somebody who knows what it's like to live in luxury, so to speak. He knows what it's like to have plenty. And he knows what it's like to live in need. And Paul says, I can be content in all of that. I found the secret. And the secret, as far as I can discern, is him living in relationship with Jesus Christ. And Paul finding his sense of purpose in his relationship with Jesus Christ. And so when Paul he was able to say, hey, this suffering is worth it because I'm doing it for a greater purpose. I'm doing this for Jesus Christ, to be content in all things. Don't we desire that? Don't we desire contentment and not to be rattled by life's ups and downs? We want this, and God wants this for us. And so this series has been super practical, and each week of this series, I have encouraged you, and I have challenged you, and I'm asking you to give up something in your life. Give up something that's, that's stealing away. It's robbing your contentment. Give up one of these practices that is just causing you grief or stress or anxiety or outrage or, or being offended or whatever it is. Give up something that's robbing your contentment from you and adopt a new habit, a new discipline, a new practice that will contribute to your contentment in this life. That's the goal of this series. Get rid of these things that are taking our contentment away and add some disciplines that will bring us more contentment and peace in Jesus Christ first two parts of this message series, we've talked about media, we've talked about social media, we've talked about all the voices, my goodness gracious, all the voices that are out there in this world, voices telling us, here's what happened, no, here's what happened, or here's my take on what happened, and here's what you should be outraged about, no, this is what you should be outraged about, and this is who you should vote for, no, this is who you should vote for, and if you're wise, you'll do this, but if you're wise, you'll do that, and you're foolish if you do this, and my goodness gracious, all these voices out there telling us what to do, how to feel, what to think, we need to turn them down. We need to turn those voices down. Turn them down. And I've thrown the challenge out there to limit your consumption of the media. My goodness gracious, the news, the news, the news. I know we want to stay informed. I know you do and I do too, but turn it down. 30 minutes. That's the challenge. Some of you are in it right now. 30 minutes a day. No more than that. And probably that's even more than you need, maybe 15 minutes, but to only spend that little bit of time, that's a challenge that we threw out in week one. Limit your time consuming media. Instead, here's the challenge. Instead, talk to the people in your life. Find out how they're doing. (laughs) Get your news from the people in your life because that's news you can do something about. If someone you know is struggling, you can help. 
You can do something and be productive about that. Last week we talked about social media. Yikes! Did anybody watch The Social Dilemma? Anybody see it? Good. 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 Whoa! I know, right? Let's play it now. Can we do that? Oh, we don't have the, we don't have the license for that? All right. I highly recommend it, okay? Just to give you an idea of what's really going on in social media, all the voices, 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 and I put a challenge out there to you, and as Sean mentioned earlier, it starts today. Shut it down for one week. Just give it a try. For one week. And you might discover during this week that you have a problem, that you're addicted, that you're itching because you want to get into it. So I challenge you just for a week, and maybe that week should become a lifelong habit of not being on social media. Maybe. But I challenge you to put down the social media and pick up the Bible. Start reading God's Word instead. We had to turn down these voices that are lying and deceiving and making us angry and filling us with the confusion, and we need to go to the source of light and truth. We need to go to Scripture to hear the voice of Jesus clearly. Today, <clears throat> today we're talking about worry. Today we're talking about worry. A lot of things we know about worry. We know that worry accomplishes nothing. We know this, and yet we still do it. We still do it. This past... <clears throat> Monday evening into Tuesday morning, technically Tuesday morning, sometime between 2 and 3 a.m., I woke up from my slumber. I was awakened, and it wasn't a noise that startled me, and it wasn't any kind of discomfort. Uh, I was awoken from my slumber by anxiety, by worry. Has that ever happened to you? Just wake up worried about something, or maybe it's you have a tough time falling asleep and it's just like it wakes you up and it's, it's very frustrating. I've, just, I've gotten to sleep, I'm settled, and it's like that, that anxiety just comes over. Hey, why don't you wake up and start thinking about all the stuff you're worried about? You want to do that now? It's like, no, I don't. I want to go back to sleep. But this happens and it's a relatively common experience, again, to be woken up by anxiety or to not be able to fall asleep because, because of anxiety and all the things that you're thinking about and all the things that you're worried about. And for me, it was just my to-do list. I know there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, but I wasn't really worried about that. I was just worried about, man, I've got this to-do list, and I've got people that are waiting for me to reply to them, and I've got people waiting on me to make this big decisions, and I've got people that I've got to follow up with, and I didn't get enough done last week, and I've got to get more done this week, and I don't know if I have enough hours in the day to accomplish everything that needs to be done. Ah! Yikes. Anxiety. Anxiety. We all experience it. Well, okay, just about all of us experience it, except for those strange people that seem to be chill all the time. What is with those people? Aren't they annoying? Like, aren't you worried about this? No. It's like, wow. But for most part, even those chill people get anxious sometimes. Even those chill people, and that's weird to see, isn't it, when they get, they get worried? But we all experience this thing of worry. We all experience this th- thing of anxiety. It's something that's wired into our human nature according to the flesh by our default mode. We experience worry, anxiety, and stress, and it accomplishes nothing. So when we experience worry, we've got a few options, a few different ways that we can respond to that worry. Here's the first thing we can do. Well, I shouldn't say first. Here's one thing. One of our options, one of the ways to respond to worry, we can do something about it, right? <clears throat> do something about it. You're worried because you've been putting off some project. We'll work on the project. Boom, okay? Do something about it. You're worried because your grass is getting too long and you really should get out there and cut it. Well, go, go and do something about it, right? If there's something you're worried about that you can actually control, do something about, then go and do that something. That's one way to respond to worry, isn't it? And then you won't be worried about it anymore phone call you've been putting off and it's building up that anxiety, just make the phone call. Boom. Then you don't have to worry about it anymore. Just do something about it, right? But you can't always do something about the things that we're worried about. Isn't that true, right? I mean, what are we worried about right now? What are people worried about in our community right now? Money. Money's a big source of worry for a lot of people in our community right now. People out of work or just getting back to work and the bills are there and the money's not. That's a big source of worry for a lot of people. 
And sometimes there's not much you can do about it. You can apply for the jobs, you can take the jobs, you can do what you can do. But ultimately, there's a limit to what you're able to control. You reach a limit and say, there's, there's nothing more I can do about it, right? People worried about the virus, right? COVID-19, which has been around forever, feels like COVID-19. People worried about how serious it is. People worry about getting the virus. People worry about all these things. Well, how much can you do about it, right? You can, you can wash your hands. You can practice good hygiene. And if you study virology, you can work on a, a vaccine. You can do that, if, but that's not me, and that's probably not you either. But there's only a few things you can do. We okay down here? We all right, girls? We all right? I, everybody's looking, so let's just talk about it. Everybody okay? All right. We're having fun today. I'm, hey, do, do I look worried about it? Let it happen. No. That's why we have the room back there. All right. <laughs> but there are these things that we worry about. There's only so much that we can do. There's all, we reach a it's like, I can't do anything. Else. The election? People are worried about the election. Goodness gracious. Oh, this election. The fate of our nation hinges on this election which is what they told us four years ago and four years. But we have a short memory collectively. I've, every election of my adult life, I've heard that. The fate, there's never been a more important Are you worried about it? What are you going to do? Vote for who you're going to vote for. And if you feel passionate about the person you're voting for, encourage, make a case. I don't know. Campaign for that person, I suppose. But you reach, you reach a limit of what can you do? What can you do? And what, can you, what is your, your worry going to accomplish? Beyond a certain point, there's only so much you can do. And so, yeah, there's an option if you're worried to do something about it, but it doesn't always work out because you can't always do something about the things that you are worried about. There's another option. You can try to distract yourself. And we human beings, we do that a lot, okay? You're feeling worried about something. I just don't want to think about it. You turn on the TV, you put on Netflix, you hop on your phone, you scroll through social media, you just mindlessly do that thing where you're scrolling and you're not even, what are you doing? You're not even looking at it. Just scroll. You're not even looking at what you're looking at just to distract yourself. Or you go to the fridge, you find something in the kitchen to distract you, right? Jim Gaffigan has made a whole career out of his obsession with food and going to food. I'd rather eat food than feel my feelings, right? You know what I mean? Just find that food to distract yourself. Of course, there's alcohol, there's drugs, there's all kinds of unhealthy things that we can do to distract ourselves from the things that are worrying us. But guess what? It only lasts so long, you've ended your season of distraction, and boom, your worries are right there waiting for you. Your old nemesis anxiety waiting for you snap out of your distractions and pay attention to him again. So those are a couple options, but I feel like Christians, any Christians here today, I feel like there's got to be another option. There's got to be something else that we can do when we're experiencing worry. Now, I know you're not supposed to call out anything during a church service, but any, anybody out there, any Christians out there, could you tell me what's something else that we should do instead of worrying? What is it? Whoa! Well, I guess I don't have to preach this. Let's all go home, right? pray. We can pray. But guess what? That's easy to say now because you're in a church service. You knew the answer I wanted you to give. You knew it. You're mindful of it now. You're thinking of it now. But when it's 12 a.m. or 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. and that anxiety is keeping you up at night, can you be mindful in that moment to stop and to pray instead? Here's one of the things that we need to do. We need to identify Worry as worry. Identify anxiety as anxiety. And then, then we know how to work against it. You all right, honey? <laughs> okay. She found her seat. She's okay for now. We need to identify worry as worry and then figure out what we need to do to push back against it. Take a look <clears throat> at the Scripture passage. 
that's in your bulletin. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. This is Paul writing to us. And what Paul is doing here is something that I've tried to mimic over the past two weeks, okay? What Paul is doing here is instead of doing this, do something else. Instead of doing something that's stealing from your, your sense of contentment, do something else that will add to your contentment, all right? So I've been trying to follow his model for the past couple of weeks. Here's what he has to say. Let's start with verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Okay, so far, Paul, I'm not sure where you're going with this. Because isn't that kind of annoying when you're worried about something and somebody says, well, don't worry about it. Just calm down. That doesn't help. Do not be anxious about anything. But, so Paul's about to give us an alternative to what we should do instead of worrying, right? You're worrying, you're doing this. What you need to do is stop worrying and do something else instead. Stop worrying, do something else instead. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. To put it simply, Paul is saying, stop worrying and pray instead. Okay? Stop, stop it. You've identified that you're experiencing anxiety. You've identified that you're worried about something. You know logically that your worry solves nothing. So stop it and fill that void. Because if you don't fill the void, it's going to, worry is going to come right back. It's going to slip right back into that void. Push it out of that space and fill that void with prayer. And Paul gives us a formula here. It says prayers and petition, a petition to keep on knocking at God's door, keep on praying about whatever it is that's, that's causing you anxiety. Pray about it instead with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. This is so important because so many of us, I think, and even I can remember learning this verse as a kid and skipping the with thanksgiving part because it feels like it's just an add-on there. We present these petitions, we present our prayer requests with an attitude of gratitude. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You do that. And if we follow this formula, does it feel weird for me to call this a prayer formula? If we follow this formula, here's what happens. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will protect your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What Paul's talking about here is the gift of peace. The gift of peace that transcends all understanding. The gift of peace that doesn't make sense. Other people in your life are going to be telling you, why aren't you worried about this? Why aren't you worried about this? And you say, well, I've got peace. Maybe maybe my peace that I'm experiencing doesn't make sense, but I've got it. It's the gift of peace. At the Last Supper, Jesus says to his disciples, what does he say to them? He says, my peace I'm leaving with you. My peace I'm giving to you. I don't give you peace like the world gives peace, right? that the world gives. When the bills are paid and everybody's healthy and all the relationships are good in your life, you can have that, oh, I feel peace. Okay, that's worldly peace. The kind of peace that comes from Christ is the gift of peace. It's a peace that's better than understanding. It's a peace that doesn't make sense. It's a peace that you can experience in the midst of chaos. It's a gift of peace. You've identified worry. Stop it. Push it out of that space. Fill that space with prayer and let that prayer be a prayer of thanksgiving not of panic, a prayer of thanksgiving. Man, there's so many, so many things that, oh, man, we could be worried about right now. So many temptations to give in to worry. 
I mean, thank God for this space that we're in right now. Amen. Thank God for this building. How about that? Wonderful. Thank God for that. Thank God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. But the roof is leaking. We got a roof that, I know, I'm sad about it too, DJ. The roof is leaking. What are we going to do? Oh, no, I'm so worried about this because we can't have the roof leaking. If the roof is leaking, then we can't do any of our other projects and we can't fix anything up. And there's a worry where so many, and I'm not the only one who's tempted to be worried about that. You're invested. So many of you are invested in that. It could cause you worry. Hey, 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 push that out and pray about it instead. God, the same God that gave us this space is going to provide a roof for us. Amen. We know that. According to your perfect timing, my worry is not accomplishing anything about it. I'm just going to pray to you and let, oof, amen. And guess what happens? The peace. The peace. Where worry once was, now there's peace because Jesus Christ is guarding my heart and my mind, standing at the gate of my heart and mind saying, worry, you shall not pass. It's the gift of peace, the gift that comes from Jesus Christ. Not to worry, but to pray instead and allow, allow yourself to receive the gift of peace. What is it in your life right now? What's causing you worry? I know it might even sound cliched for some preacher to tell you, we'll just pray about it instead, but th there is healing in this, to pray about it instead. Now, there is a bit of a myth that we associate with this whole phenomenon. There is a myth. And we think, okay, we're worried about something, we pray about that something, we feel peace about it, and then we always feel peace about it. You know what? That's not always the case. Sometimes you'll experience that peace, but worry creeps its way back into your life, right? You let your guard down a little bit, that worry creeps its, back, its way back into your life, and what do you do then? You pray about it again, <laughs> and you pray about it again. And if you catch yourself, see, that's so important about identifying stress as stress identifying anxiety as anxiety. If you catch it, when you catch it, you pray right then and there. So, overnight, Monday into Tuesday, wake up with anxiety. What do I do? Pray. I'm like, how appropriate that I'm preparing this message, and here I am, awakening in the middle of the night. So, okay, I'll pray about it. Prayed, fell asleep praying, which is a wonderful thing. If, maybe you've experienced it. You just fall asleep in your prayers. And so Tuesday morning, I met with, with Corey, our pastoral apprentice here, talking about this subject, talking about worry, talking about praying instead. And he said something to me. It was such a simple statement. It was a simple statement. He said, if you can worry, you can pray. Remember saying that? He said, if you can worry, you can pray. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you're right about that. And so we got on a conversation. But that, that phrase, it stuck with me throughout the day. Because thinking, that makes so much sense. If you have the energy worry about something, you can divert that energy onto prayer instead. If you can experience, if you've got the energy to experience that stress, you can divert that energy and instead use that energy towards prayer. If you're going to be up in the middle of the night anyway, right? If stress is going to keep you up, you might, oh, I'm up anyway, I might as well pray about it instead of let me not think about it, let me distract. You might as well, if you can worry, you can pray. Friends, I don't have a week-long challenge for you today. I don't have a month-long challenge for you today. I have a lifelong challenge for you today. Let's cultivate this prayer life. Let's identify worry as worry and replace it. Redirect that energy onto prayer with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, knowing that the God that you're praying to has already provided for you and will continue to provide for you. With thanksgiving, presenting your requests to God and then let Jesus do what He wants to do. He wants to guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I know what you've been told. 
I know you keep being told that, man, the season that we're living in right now, it's never been worse or things are so tough and pandemic and economy, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? There's always, huh? there's always stuff to be worried about. There's always the temptation to give in to worry. And I don't know if now is any worse than it was six months ago or six months in the future. Who knows? There's always going to be in your life. You're always going to have to face that temptation to give in to worry. But I say, don't. <laughs> I'm going to echo Paul's words. Just don't. Don't be anxious about anything. Push it out. And instead, pray. 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 With thanksgiving, present your request. The Lord that we serve here at Hope Community Church, the God that we believe in, He wants to take away that anxiety and replace it with peace. Let's let God do what He wants to do. Are you with me? Let's let God do what He wants to do. Let's let Him take that away and replace it with peace in our lives. All right, enough talking about prayer. Let's pray. Let's join together in prayer. Father God, you know what's going on in our lives. You know what's going on in our hearts. You know what's keeping us up at night. You know what's giving us stress and anxiety. Father God, I I pray that you would give us the ability to identify stress as stress, to identify worry as worry. Father God, divert our energy, divert our attention. Take that energy away from worry and let us present our requests, our petitions, and our prayers to you, Father God. Right now, I want to exercise gratitude and thanksgiving. I thank you, God, for all that you have done through our church community and in our church community. I thank you for being our provider and continuing to provide for us. And we just pray against any worries over today and over tomorrow. We just pray that you would continue to be our provider. Father God, I pray for every individual connected in worship right now, participating in this worship service. You know, you know where we're worrying. Take it away and replace it with peace. Lord Jesus, you are invited to stand guard, to watch over our hearts and minds, to protect them. Father God, we ask for the blessing of your peace, a peace that doesn't make sense. Lord Jesus Christ, you prayed for us. You promised us that you would give us this supernatural peace, a peace that doesn't make sense. Father God, as your church, allow us to be a people that are known for our steadfastness, for our peace and being centered in you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.